made this stop for personal reasons Didn't know I'd catch the changing of the seasons So winter dictates everything from frost to naked trees I'm about a mile high in Denver Where the rock meets Timberline I've walked this ground from town to town Just to finally call it mine Live from Denver, Colorado it's yet another edition of Rinky Dinking. Yours truly, Daryl Ray, known as the Razor Boy, along with Mike Ica and JT. Why is it not JT? Why is it, to- it uh, totes my goats? I don't quite understand that. Shouldn't you just be JT? Isn't that a cool nickname right now? That's a hot nickname. J Totes? Oh, my God. Isn't that what they do? With anyway, the this letter? is the altitude issue for us and maybe for the stars. And... Uh, we're at 5280 above sea level. Although, is it still 5280? The seas, they are a rising. <laughs> That's a good point. I, be, I bet you it's not. I'm melting. I Where's be, Greta when we need her? I bet you it's not 5280 anymore. <laughs> when, when's the last time they checked that? Like, we, we just assume that they're correct. They could have the, one of those golf devices. Don't they measure altitude? <laughs> well, you just shoot it. No, like but you, honest to God. I is it really 5280 still? No, I haven't checked. I have a tough time believing that it is. Yeah. 52. Unless they're still rounding up. 74. Anyway, I'm going to drop some knowledge about being an athlete uh, at altitude. Aerobic performance decreases by 11% within one to three hours of arriving at altitude. Now, both of you are looking at me like I've got five heads because you don't understand the level of preparation and intelligence that goes into hosting this podcast. But that's a pretty good indication right there. And I'll pose the question to you. Uh, After 45 hours, not 48 hours, 45 hours of existing at altitude, how much of that decrease in performance do you get back? Wow. You didn't think there'd be math this week, did you? Um, That's a good question. You lose 11%. Right. You've been here for a little bit. Does your body learn how to process oxygen and get it to your blood? We're very adaptable, the human being. You get... 10% 10% back, so you're only losing 1%. Mm, you're low. Totsi? I'll say 5% back. He just said 10%, and I said you're low, oh, and you okay. said 5%. That's what I'm dealing with. People, all of you who are listening to this, this is what I deal with week in and week out. I don't it's know. 50%. You get half that back. Oh. Okay, so I, I thought like the half of... He said of a, 5%. Half of 11%. 11%. Right. Oh, you were going with the act. Right, actual 5% of the total. All right. It's actually high. He was getting 90%. He, he, was, he was closer. Yeah. Saved myself. Yeah, no, you no. did. I knew you were smarter than that. He's a very smart. They do better stuff down at College Station than just eating their lunch. <laughs> uh, so anyway, they, I've seen teams come in here the same day. Well, we just saw it. Uh, the Minnesota Wild came in day of and spank the avalanche here at home. And I, I think there's some truth to that. Yeah. That you come in before your body starts tearing itself apart, trying to acclimate itself, you just play the game and then you're out of here. Now, we got here yesterday. So do the math again, Totsi, as we're talking. 45 hours from the time that we landed here. What time will that be? 
two trains are heading each toward one another, one traveling at 63 miles an hour, the other at 54. 11.30 today? No. 11.30 today? No. No, we, we got here at, at 45 uh, hours. So, so tomorrow, tomorrow, probably about close. 30 tomorrow. 3 o'clock, maybe. 3 o'clock in the afternoon tomorrow? Yeah. This might be, like, optimum might or be. optimal. Yeah. Anyway. Look at you. That'll be 11.30. Yeah, this, you're not just here for the frivolity. The math. You're here for the math. The math On this very special arithmetic version of Rinky Dinking, uh, we're going to try to cover what actually constitutes a streak and comebacks. A bit of a bit of a nick in my craw. Uh, goalies scoring goals. The stars. The stars' offense is puzzling because it's it's enough most of the time, but it seems like there's something locked up in there and needs to be released in some way. Are found, and then what happened to Cali hockey? California used to be a just a golden bastion for excellence in the sport, and we'll maybe conclude this thing with a little stars avs. Are they on a collision course? But we begin with this. Okay, we've heard a lot about comebacks, and it's wonderful. This one of the wonderful things that these stars do is erase uh, deficits. Now, hey, I'm not going to ruin a good story with math again or anything like that, but my belief is that when you quote-unquote come back from being down one nothing, that's not really a comeback, is it, Mike? In the NHL it is, or has been in the past, because teams that score the first goal typically win at a fairly large percentage. Okay. I don't know what it is. All right. And well, here, I think we, the NHL and its media lemmings, are being just a skosh too liberal uh, with what constitutes a comeback. Because to me, erasing a one nothing deficit uh, isn't really a comeback. I think it has to be multiple goals. Okay, that, right? Definitely. Or 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 addendum. This is a, a audio addendum. If you're down in the third period by a goal and you come back and you win, then, uh, yeah, I, I'd, I'd buy that. But if a team scores on you in the first 10 minutes of the game and then you score five minutes later and it's tied and then the game continues on and you win 4-1, to one, was that really a comeback victory? No, and it's probably the liberal use of the word comeback by the media like in that five-game run where they gave up the first goal. But, I but I, I'm not just saying stars. Like no, this no, I know. But they, they have seven wins when trailing after two periods. Seven, ten, and one. And that's those, to me, are seven, pretty good 11 comebacks. Seven, eleven, and one now, yeah. I guess. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. I, I like that. I enjoy it. It's a good thing to have in your back pocket. Not exactly the Chiefs over the Texans, but still, you know, 51 to seven is a comeback. 20, what was it? 21? 24 to nothing. 24, 24 to nothing. Okay, just like points in, in two straight games does not constitute a streak. That's not a streak. Like we, And it's listed in the notes all the time as a streak. You have points in back-to-back games. That's what you have. Whether you have it individually or you have it as a team, you've earned points in back-to-back games. You're not streaking. You're not heading through the quad. <laughs> Or toward the quad. 
right? You you have points in a couple of games, in two straight games, not a streak. You have to have three. It's it's like the difference between a couple and a few. It's exactly the same. You can't say that you won a couple games when you won three games. You you won a few games then. And you can't say, well, we've been victorious in a few when you've only won in back-to-back games. But what if you've won in three games in a row and then you're coming out of the locker room for the warm-ups? Just trying to stick it in your craw a little bit about two other things that bother you. I think you noticed the silence I dropped in there. Anyway, that was a razorial. I it's wonderful. Some of these things bother more people other they than do. others. They do that. That's, that bugs me. I know it. It does. does. It does. So anyway, we've said that. Uh, what doesn't bother me, in most ways, are goaltenders scoring goals. Whoa! It doesn't happen very often. I'm not as as giddy about it as most people are, and I get asked the question many times: Did you score? Uh, and I was like, I couldn't shoot the puck out of my shadow, so no, <laughs> I did not score. And to be honest with you, I never really even thought about it. I was more concerned about a shot from center ice going in <laughs> than I was shooting a puck the length of the ice and having uh, it go in. But it it is kind of a freaky, funky thing, isn't it, when a goalie targets the net at the other end? It's just so rare. I mean, you just don't see it no. very often. It's easy, though, now. Easier. It's so much easier now than what it was back then because Marty Turco introduced a different way of clutching your stick and guys get much more uh, whip. They use whippier sticks. They all use curves. They move the puck. They're part of the game yep. all the time. Why wouldn't you do that? Right. Now, the night that, that Rene scored in uh, Chicago, I, I was really hoping that Ben Bishop would pick up a shutout, a helper, and a goal. Yeah. I don't think I haven't looked it up. I don't think that's ever happened. No, I would I would say no. I'm gonna go straight on that has never happened. Right. So my my little spitball session here is are there similes in other sports to the goalie goal in our sport? My one that I could think of was a hole in one in a major golf tournament. I mean, that would be... Well, maybe if it was rare. like the caddy that got the hole-in-one. That's a, their job. A hole-in-one on a par three. I have in a, two. In a major golf tournament. Well, no, I haven't played that many majors. <laughs> <laughs> don't you think that would be pretty... I don't hear about it very often. No, it is, It is. yes, on the rarity scale. Right. It's that. But it's not something completely out of... The norm, like a goaltender, you're a goaltender, right? You're not supposed to be a goal scorer, right? Good point. But maybe it makes more sense nowadays that uh, everybody's a shot blocker. Yeah, everybody plays goal in front of the goalie. Yeah, why shouldn't the goalie score goals? Pitcher hitting a home run. Yeah, that happens every now. Now, and then. Uh, just for clarification, goaltenders are not allowed to go over center ice because so they can never jump up there and. Right. And jump into the rush, although many wish they they could and can. And Patrick Waugh back in the day just yep. did it, took the penalty, uh, as he was a little bit about himself. I'm gonna go. Those. I'm gonna go on the record here and saying it's a good rule. Goalies should not be able to go over center ice. Really, I think that's a good rule. Huh? Kind of teaches them they need to stay where they're supposed to be. Wow. We should restrict goalies more. 
Baseball, pitcher home run. Yep. Right? That's It's not absolutely rare, but it's rare. Yeah. If your closer got a home run, wouldn't that be like yeah. a goaltender scoring in hockey? Like a game-winning home run? Wouldn't yeah. Wouldn't that be fantastic? Yes. <laughs> uh, football, a punter. Scoring <laughs> something other than they have had that those trick plays with the holder that is the, the punter right and so then he's yeah so well, that would be exciting. so which one in football the the punter either throwing a touchdown or <laughs> or turning into a receiver or the D lineman who checks in on the offensive right. side of the ball and then either one of those big fat jolly rotund buggers catches a ball or just plows his way in probably yeah. catching a ball more so yeah right? i like the i like the catching one and i've seen a couple of those would they ever be allowed to jump in there and throw a ball sure yeah if, if you if you've you ever seen that as a receiver? i don't think i've ever seen that no i've never seen that there we go there you go you should plant that seed canadian with... football could start yeah well that's where it would start <laughs> uh basketball <sighs> there's nothing yeah, even a full court shot—that's just you know something you try. Would have to be like the halftime contestant <laughs> chucking them up from that's right mid court, right? That's the only thing that's even close. Uh, Soccer—they they do get this from time to time where there's a, a goalie scores, and that's actually a neater trick than what's happened in the National Hockey League. No goaltender has ever scored on another goaltender, right? It's always been an empty net, or it's been an awarded goal. Right. Uh, they were the last guy to touch the puck. But nobody's ever shot a puck past a net minder at the other end. Maybe. But it happens in soccer. They're always wind-assisted. It's wild. Yep. And the guy will just hoof it, and boom, one big bounce, and the goaltender at the other end thinks he could get out there, and then the, didn't judge the wind right, and all of a sudden it just bounces into that big yawning onion basket in behind him. It is a large net. It is. So I, I would I will say this. I've seen Anton Hadobin shoot pucks after practice, and if we could discard your little keep the man down rule where goaltenders can't go over center ice, he can hammer the puck. I think he could beat a goaltender. I think he could shoot and actually beat a goaltender with his shot. And there aren't many. No. The, like they can all you know drill a puck off the glass and it rim it around the boards and that. But this guy can smoke it. He can, and no gloves on or nothing. Just hammering one timers like Hadobin clappers heading in. I would my money would be on him. And he is the highest scoring stars goaltender this season too. By the way, he could, has two of the three assists. Could we have goalie slappers in the All Star competition? They need something they, like that. Would spark it up a little. Yes. Not? Yes. Well, this year they're going to have girls hockey yeah, at it. True. So women. That's a topic for another time. Uh, what do you have this week? Uh, streaks. Do you want to go with you? I have research I've done here, but I, you know, I wanted to talk about parenting and coaching. No, I'm just kidding. We we had some pregame talk, and that's been moved to another episode. Yeah, like in <laughs> in late July. Well, you had something on streaks. Do you want to go to streaks now or after the break? I didn't know we were going to break. I don't know. It's a podcast. We don't go to break. Whatever we're doing. We have an interlude. Oh, I'm sorry. A musical interlude. That's all. We, you want to hear some music? No, no. I'm I'm trying to follow your lead. Well, I'm trying to share my lead with okay. you. I'll go streaks right now. Okay. I'm uh, amazed that they don't have a winning streak of more than seven games. Oh, franchise-wise? Yeah. yeah. Like, 
I was I had my Tampa, fin- I had my fingers crossed that they were going to tie the franchise record for wins, <laughs> consecutive wins twice in one season under two different coaches. Would, I was just like, that's probably man, my head's going to swim if this happens. That's right. But what's interesting then is they also won 11-0-1 earlier this year, and you're like, well, that was a pretty good streak, but it wasn't the winning streak. Mm-hmm. So what constitutes a great winning streak and what constitutes just a great streak of... You know, like if you do go, what if you go 14-1-0 yeah, or 14 The, the problem with your other ones, anytime there are hyphens involved, yep. means there's probably a loss involved in there, and yet we don't want to call them losses. Mm-hmm. It's everybody gets a trophy point system. And uh, and yet, when even the win streaks, in some ways, you, you, you have to stick a tiny little asterisk next to there. Because it might have been a shootout. Well, overtime. they were. I mean, yeah. the, there was one, uh, the second to last one, is that right, from the seven-gamer? Yeah. I think it was a shootout win. And then the first one on the sixth game, this time, Pavelski beat these avalanche. It's too bad. It would have been a nice synergy. Yeah. A little box set starting the streak. Then they could have set the new record here. What did they do? Why did they screw that up in San Jose on us? We had great storylines for this one. But, I mean, you, it's a tie, in the old days, it would have gone down as a as a uh, undefeated streak, but you couldn't call it a win streak because really, once you get to the shootout, there's there's no coaching going on. It's just a skills competition. But the way we tabulate it now, it keeps the wins rolling along, and they had a legitimate under these rules seven game win streak ended in Chicago, and they had a six game win streak ended in in San Jose. Yeah, and. It's just looking at other franchises, they, their win streaks are... Longer? Significantly, I think. You know, Tampa just ran off 10, you know. Here. It I is kind of crazy, and, isn't it? Didn't Pittsburgh have like 26 or something like that they, they went through a few years back? Huh. So, huh. they've been around for like 50 years, Daryl. Who? The Minnesota Dallas uh, Stars. Yeah, North. this is what happens when I let you lead for a little I know, bit. I it's you, really bad. You, you're a meanderer. You know, I'm going to go to the front of the net, and I'm going to wait for you to bounce well, here, pass off my here, stick. This is how it's done on in the podcast world, because I've done some reading up on it. Yeah. We don't go to break right now. You just made a point about streaks and what have you, and I say something here now about something that related to the streaks that you were speaking of, and then we just shut it down for a second, Tootsie plays some music, and we come back and we talk about that. Oh, okay. So the seven-game win streak stopped when they got uh, blanked in Chicago, and the six-gamer ended when Aaron Dell put on a pretty good clinic in the pipes in a 2-1 loss in San Jose. Just ahead, let's talk a little bit about the Stars' offense. Bang! That's how you do it. All right, Star's goal suppression continues to be stellar. 
leading the league in, in goals against average. And we've talked many times here on this platform about how it's, yes, excellent goaltending, but at the same time, it's a, it's a commitment, it's team-wide commitment, and uh, sort of what their MO is now, or their DNA, uh, their identity. But at the same time, we've seen the offense go pretty good for a while, but never off the charts. And, and then hit these little lulls where they, you know, they just can't score three goals to save their life. And it, for me, and maybe I'm, I'm nuts. Well, I probably am, but you can weigh in on this. It seems like a lot of these games where they get stuck on a goal or a couple of goals, they have opportunities where they could have scored five or six and they just don't finish. So would, would you concur that it's kind of a, it's a finish issue with with one end, not two. We have no issues with our fins. There's four of them, the most in the National Hockey League on one team. Uh, but we do seem to have some kind of a, a issue with finishing. Yeah, and I think, it, I don't want to say it's contagious, but it's not just one guy. No, it's exactly. That's what I mean. They like, get great opportunities, and they, like, it's so funny because Tyler's never scored against Anaheim, right? Right. So he goes 80 down, shots in 20 no. games or whatever so it is. So he goes now. down on that one uh, uh, odd man rush, and uh, he shoots the puck, gathers it, then gives it back to Radulov. And, and I said, you know, you really wanted to score there, didn't you? And Jamie Ben chips in. He goes, I was wide open. He goes, I think three or four of us were wide open. I don't think Sag said saw any of us. But I do think that type of stuff gets into their head. Tyler Sagan's never scored against Anaheim. He really wanted to score. You could just see it from the they, press box. But just think of that, how nutty that is. Yes. Yurianov has three goals in two games against them. It's But it gets into their heads. Of and it's course. just like, I thought the last game, he had some great chances. Now, you can go down and say Yanmark and Kiviranta had good chances, but they're not what you call goal scorers. But Tyler's getting these great chances and not scoring. And you're just like, okay, is that getting into their head? Or are the goalies just great? Matty Yanmark might be the poster child for this category. Because yes. he, he gets so many opportunities, which is always the, the best part of the equation. Right? But man, does he struggle to finish things off. You know, and he was... His rookie year, he's a twenty goal scorer, yeah. or on the cusp of it. Nineteen, I think. Yeah. yeah, and I think he looks like a guy that could do that. Yeah, again. Well, his speed gives him so many scoring opportunities. Oh my god! And you know, but then you you know you even go back to pucks that are tipped or pucks that are you know rebounds that are sitting right there, and you think they're going to get to him, and then you know the goalie makes a save or gets kicked out, or he they just drill it into the guy's pads. Well, at LA, just on this trip, they could have scored six. Like, Jonathan Quick was really good in that game. At Anaheim, they scored twice, once into an empty net. They didn't give up anything at all, so it didn't really matter. Uh, But uh, I don't know. How many could they have scored in that one? It didn't seem like it was a... But I thought that might be a 4-1 type game or something like that. They could have got four or five goals in that if they were really, you know, banging away. There wasn't a ton of special teams in that Game though, and then at San Jose, I just thought Aaron Dell was was fabulous. I mean, the save on Kiviranta, the armpit save on on Yanmark, and then just pepper it with probably six other ones in there. Yeah, like they they could have come back again in that one if you wanted to call that a comeback after one goal. Don't call it a comeback, and uh, don't call it a comeback. (laughs) LL Cool J, Uh, and and yet it just looked like another one of those games. There's been a, a 
if this was just a little you know spell of this or whatever but but this has happened a lot yeah so then the next question i guess that it begs is okay is this who they are and this is what it is and they are accepting of it to a degree they're always being pushed they're always pushing themselves to score some more goals it just makes life easier but can they can they get better internally or does it have to be external I don't know if they're going to have a great opportunity to be better externally. Yeah. Just because of the fact they're pretty hard against the cap. Uh, Steven Johns comes back, then that's money that, you know, they have to also make room for. And then the other question is they had four draft picks last year. They have four draft picks yeah. next year. He oh, doesn't I don't want think, to give those up. I don't up. think they want to be doing that. No. And then so then it comes to their prospects. And do you think they have the prospects to make a big move? Or, yeah. Or is it just one move like? Well, like last year, yeah, right? It yeah. worked. Maybe. Maybe just just find a catalyst, yeah. and and you know, and then you got to cross your fingers that it's going to work. Or maybe guys that had middling to uh, under par first halves this season, right? Kick it in gear, and because it just seems to me that that they they have enough individuals who it seems like should be scoring just a little bit more than what they have. Yeah. I agree with that. And with that, then we wouldn't have we wouldn't be having this and if it's, conversation. If it's two or three goals from each of them <laughs> that are more than in the second half than yeah. the first, then also now it's a huge I keep looking at this thing and I keep going, okay, th- this was good, this was good and this was good, but that was bad and this was only okay. And then this got better and then that fell off and then you know what I mean? Like it's just over and over again and I keep waiting for all of them to hit at the same time. Yeah. And it hasn't happened yet. And I still have the belief that that will happen at some point. I don't know. Maybe I'm, again, No, I think, I think we've seen signs. And so we see these players all the time. We know what they can do. I mean, I think Joe Pavelski can score more than he's scoring right, right. now. Right. You know, I wonder what a Corey Perry in the playoffs is going to look like. Is, is, well, he that, gonna be, is he going to be different and better? Yeah, but that's a different animal. I'm just talking yeah, regular season regular games. Guys. And if the history follows... Again, this year, the goal scoring doesn't go up in uh, March and in February and early April. It goes down as things tighten up and races tighten up in that. Like the goal scoring glory segment of the season we are in right now when we have been for a month. And it what have they topped out at five? Is that their high end this year? They haven't scored oh, six. Oh, in an actual game? Oh, no, they scored six yeah. against uh, Minnesota. Yeah. And, but for the most part, even here lately, it was like four, 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 which is the old three, right. three, three, three. It used to be three, two league, now four, three. And uh, and yet they have yet to chase a starting goaltender this season. Yeah, that's amazing. Isn't that? I was doing some research about a month ago and trying to find out what Stanley Cup winners and finalists do, and almost all of them are top five in goals against. Of course. And so that's what they are good at. I've that's, done it for the last 16 years. It's amazing. The, the, the outliers in there are like Washington and Pittsburgh right. lately, but if you go back a year before Washington won the Cup, they were, I think they led the league or they were top three or something like that in goals against. Yeah. And so it was like they had it. That was part of who they were. And then it, for whatever reason, it changed a little bit the following year. And the same thing, the, the Penguins have been the, the closest right. to, okay, that's not a terrific defense, but it was, it's yeah, much it's now, vice good versa, most of the teams actually are 8th, 10th, 12th in goal scoring. 
And so you're like, okay, well, what about a really bad team? Well, the Kings, I think, were 26 in goal scoring when they won it all. Yeah, but that's it was a, it was okay. A, which year? Because the second one, I think, the no, first one, they actually were better. No, I don't think they were. Okay, maybe I got them flipped then. I, I think I think prior to the first one, it, it, you got to remember they added those guys. Yes, late. So it, that that didn't skew. Or they were a much skewed. better scoring yeah. team in the playoffs yes. than they were the regular yeah. season. Much better. So my point to all this is the Stars are still 26 or 27. So them hoping that they're going to win, continuing this right. offensive performance in the regular season, it's a long shot yeah. to have a team that bad offensively go and get to the Stanley Cup Finals or win it all. Yeah, but, but they keep fixing little pieces of it here and there. Like they had a little run again where their defensemen were more involved in their offense. Now here lately, the power plays a major, yeah. major lethal weapon. And it looks different. Yes. It but, just looks, but at the same time, now they can't score at even, <laughs> even strength. strength. <laughs> and it's just like, guys, could you put your collective act all together right. at the same time? And then we'll talk about other things on the old podcast. <laughs> Speaking of uh, LA and the Kings though, Totsi's checking his uh, meters over there. We're good on power. I mean, we will drain that thing here this afternoon. Uh, wh- what happened to Cali hockey? What happened to California I think there's three different stories there. Uh, well, there's three different teams, so correct. I hope they... I mean, I think you can lump them together and say they're all Chicago. They had their runs and... Well, hold it here. Okay, I'm just saying it went through my mind that they had their runs and now they're done. That's what happens. You win... We're back to streaks and runs again. No, no, I want to see what you, you call the, a run. You pay the price for being a good team... That's true. And then now you have to be a bad team. Now, the one exception is San Jose. Who made that rule? Well, you were good. Now you need to be bad. Well, Tell yeah. the Patriots that. Well, the Patriots are an exception. They, well, when were the... We just talked about the Penguins. When did... They, they, haven't, they, they haven't been bad, bad since before Mario arrived. And maybe and they, they, they were did draft and they did Crosby well, and at Malkin the, at the at the right time <laughs> for, for just a well okay you killed my <laughs> reasoning mean, on what that what is that top three top three picks yeah <laughs> Chicago the same okay thing. so they had one <laughs> Chicago drafted their guys they had their run and now they're not very good and they have to kind of weather it out like I'm a fan of the Detroit Tigers they did the same thing the Texas Rangers did well, the, the same Edmonton thing. Oilers have done that for 13 years well, I know but then I'm a fan of the Detroit Lions they're the Edmonton yeah. Oilers but point being is no no you're you, right when you have that good run each of them I'm all just, had the good run at the same time I'm just trying to be an antagonist but here. I, st- I still think that's some- what the people love in they podcasting do. I still think there's something in the Sharks I don't know what it is that they have that special thing that are you saying there's still blood in the water mike (laughs) although they say they they the people i talk to pretty much say they're not going to make the playoffs it's just mathematically too tough for them so then whatever they do will have to be with you know 39 40 41 year olds next year this will be great for shark bites podcast sorry about that go deep on them the ducks the kings and the sharks have the three worst records in the western conference at the same time yeah that that's that's the thing that grabs me. Like they've all had spells of sucking in past, yeah. But to have all of them bad at the same time is is kind of mini miraculous. Yes. And you look at it to your point. Anaheim went to six straight playoffs prior to last year, and in those six years, two conference finals. They kept running into Nashville, and they were built to beat. LA. Right. They were built to beat the Kings and never faced them. And they gave up lots and they brought in, you know, the Ryan Kesslers and the BXs and all these people and tried. 
Yep. And they're paying for it a little bit now, right? And, uh, you know, had to make decisions like Corey Perry. And and the people I talked to there, they said they had much higher hopes from the kids. And those kids have not developed. Oh, right well, now. that's as old as the I league know. that you think your kids are ready to go. And then they, it's the National Hockey League. And it's yeah. like, oh, maybe not yet. But they do, they do have some talented youngsters coming. I don't know if enough, maybe a little six-year window of pain still or yeah. something. But L.A., two cups six years ago and eight years ago. It's hard to believe it was eight years ago, that first cup that they won. No playoffs uh, three of the five years since. So they've kind of been on the downward spiral for a, a while. And just looking at them the other night, you're – it was you're just like man what you forget how old those guys are that were at their core and then you're like what else what are they like what's that defense now outside of Dowdy and Martinez who are the only guys left from their cup years they're just filling in with this that name this guy and trying to compete Jonathan Quick was pretty good in his prime he was in his prime in his prime but you forget how it's not a 15 to 20 year prime no. in this sport. And then San Jose conference final last year, conference final last conference year. Conference final. That's why I'm saying maybe they aren't making horrible decisions. Well, but. conference final last year, but then since then decimated their right wing side. Yep. Uh, kissed goodbye to their captain and changed a coach. And their captain now is out for two months yeah. down the stretch here that can't help and i love eric carlson but is he the eric carlson well they have all their money or not all their money but they have a ton of money tied up in three guys right on defense yeah who are and they don't play defense very well yeah they are <laughs> they're is equal opportunity it's like having three sandus ogelinches <laughs> on one club but they they're playing better yeah here right now uh than what they were and but i i I don't see it either. I don't see yeah. how they get in there. I see, I see stars avalanche. That's what I see. And uh, JT's so eager to play a little John Denver. I'm just gonna uh, put another mint in. Enjoy this, and we'll come back and we'll dive deep into stars avs. Back here with Kevin, George, and Bill on the Rinky Dinking podcast. Uh, one of the most downloaded uh, podcasts in my household. <laughs> you guys were both anticipating something else there. Hey, look, we're, we're in Colorado, and uh, we got the Avs and the Stars tomorrow night as we, as we put this to, uh, it's not to tape, what are we putting it to, digital format? Uh, thingy SD card. Yeah. card. We lighting this down on an SD card. Uh, th- they're on a collision course, are they not? Like beyond eighty two games. You you often like to tout your own predictions. This was my predicted matchup in the first round at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I mean it just it, it makes sense. I thought St. Louis was really going to come out of the gate and be good, and these two teams are the next two best teams. Yeah, and, and the way I, the format is, 
That's what you get. And it, it's, I tell you what, somebody's going to be pretty sad after the first round if these two teams meet. Because I think there's two good hockey teams that would be hopefully playing some really good hockey. Yeah, well, I think they I think they would be. And I'm anticipating they will yeah. face each other. The last playoff meetings didn't go very well for our D side. Uh, what was it? Opening round losses both times? Yeah. And they were not very good. No. They got beat by two different goaltenders. That, that was the one that – it wasn't like it was Patrick Waugh that beat them. No. It was David Abashir and Jose Theodore in those two years. And they had good teams. I'll never forget it. It just seemed like they changed, like morphed overnight and just crippled themselves heading into the playoffs. Yeah. It they was were loose and rolling and ready to go. And That's that red solo cup yeah. time and all oh, that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then they hit playoffs, and it was just like, okay, now we got to get serious right. and button this down. And and they just didn't look like the same team. No. And they got beat quick, wasn't it? Was it five games? Yeah, Both? probably, yeah. Or was one six? I don't know. But I can't remember that. But it was it was so frustrating and disappointing. Because oh. you're watching it going like, they're better than this. They're better than them. Right. I remember it was like, you are better than them. Why are you doing yeah. this? To me. <laughs> That's what most of the fans on Individual the Individual fans. Yeah, I'm speaking saying. for you people. I know. He, he Previous to that, much happier. Oh, yeah. Returns. 99 and 2000. Uh, I don't get choked up. I get yeah, a little emotional about it, too. Uh, Western Conference Finals. 1999. We were at McNichol. I just saw it today in the hallway. This... Pepsi Center started in 1999. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So the 99, the 2000 meeting was here, was at Pepsi Center. Okay. I did not remember that. That's why Bork's number is up in the rafter, because he made his name here. Yes, he did. Slapped an A on that jersey immediately. Anyway, 1999 and 2000. uh, What do you remember from those two? Uh, (laughs) Tim Collishaw's columns. (laughs) <laughs> the first one was the one where he spelled out Sergey Zuboff with the first yes. letter of everyone. Yeah. Then he came back with Mike Keene, or vice versa. I think it was Mike Keene first and then Sergey Zuboff. Yeah. But he did it both times in Game 7, and both times his guy won the game for him. And it was, it was pretty funny. And then, the, honest and truly, hearing the crowd go crazy in Game Eddie's 7. Eddie's better. Wonderful. It really was. They were they were an easy franchise to hate at the time. They were just a little bit cocky back in the day, and that you know that was throughout the entire organization. So people that we dealt with on a daily basis, the fans, all of that. It was a it was a rivalry of we don't really like you at all. Well, there was no liking anybody back in those days yeah. like it is uh, now. Yeah. Like it was, they were enemies. Like their rivalry with Detroit was as oh acerbic as this was uh maybe even more so on a physical uh level uh but they were just two seven game series that were just phenomenal hockey with the understanding you get out of this you're you're, you got a good chance of winning against whoever comes out of the east buffalo one year and and new jersey the other Uh, i was looking today joe sackick from the Avs back then, and now Sergei Zuboff, speaking of Zuby, are the only guys from then that are still with the teams now. Wow. Now I had to come back around. Right. But uh, out of all those players and that... Yeah, you would have thought somebody would have stuck around. 
that's it. Hmm. Sakic and and Zubov as they go head to head. And then I looked up to the rafters. The Avs uh, don't have the Nordique retired jerseys. Interesting up here, like we do in right. in Dallas. I always thought they did. I would have thought they would have. Like Stashny and Goulet and... And they, there's a lot of pride in this yeah. organization, especially of the French-Canadian heritage. You know, I do think they carried that over down here. Yeah. Maybe it's just fades after a while. Yeah. Fades away. It's been like 25 years or something. I know. You lose people. I, I, would like, I would like this to happen. I'd like to see a series between, oh, I do too. between these two franchises again. And uh, a lot of hockey to go before then. You know what's interesting? We were talking to Rick uh, Bonus this morning about getting Klingberg back and what pairings you use and how do you trust your pairings and all of that stuff. I thought you were talking about parenting again. No, I no, we're that, going back to that. I only do that with you. Okay. Uh, but so with your with the pairings as they're going to go tomorrow night or whenever you listen to this, uh, Rick is very confident in whatever pairs out there. They're going to have to go against McKinnon and Landis Gog, and they're just going to have to deal with it. And, and I'm like, Ooh. you know, you, you kind of go, well, maybe you could tweak here and there. But he really believes in the trust factor that we talked about before. Well, that's great. What happens in a seven-game series? That, when, you get, I, when you get to drill down and pick apart. And- that's where I started when I was thinking about it this afternoon, going like, if this is a philosophy and these well, are the players. Now, Stephen Johns could be back, or they could make an acquisition, right. have a different defenseman. A lot could go on. Yeah, a lot could go on. But I'm just saying, it's going to be... Like a, it's, it's going to be a good talking series on what is this coach trying to do? What I love is that? this. We're getting so ahead of I know, ourselves. We're getting, this is so much it fun. It would be so great yes. just to, all the strategy that would be involved with shutting down McKinnon and well, all of their offensive stars. To that end, you go back to those series in 99 and 2000, and we, they had no answer for Peter Forsberg. Right. As good a checking and defensive team – as though that Dallas club was, they had no answer for him. Like he was running amok early in the series until Guy Carboneau went up to hitch in one of those lengthy conversations, I think on the ice. Right. And we would sit there and witness it. And the arms were flying like a true French Canadian. <laughs> there were gestures coming from every limb on his body. And uh, he basically said, give me him yeah. and I'll, I'll take care of him. And he, I think he had one point the rest of the series. Yeah. And you look back, and that was 37, 38-year-old yes. Guy Carboneau. Still... Extremely confident yes. in his abilities, yes. 37 or 38-year-old Guy Carboneau. It, that's what makes Changed it even more impressive, yeah. So, if again, the, the moral of this story is that if we do see this series that is we've guaranteed here today, <laughs> uh, then maybe Guy's going to have to come back out of uh, trading his jacket to the Hall of Fame and... Shut down McKinnon? I think he could do it. Oh, I wouldn't want that job ever. <laughs> Some guys love it. Though. You know, Jason yes. Dickinson told me a great story about that when we were talking. It might have been at the beginning of this run when, when the Avalanche were in Dallas. I think it was. And I sat down and I talked to him about uh, you know having, having a role like that because I think he'd uh, Rick had talked to him on the ice that morning and I was just kind of like, what, what was the conversation about? Or you don't have to tell me everything, but give me some idea. And he said, actually it was about something different, but he went on to talk about, he loves 
the defensive side of things, like the ability to shut down someone, but it really means something to him and a lot of these uh, players when you shut down a guy. Right. Like when, when you get sicked on one of the elite players in the league and you smother them and you do your job defensively on a night, that really resonates, yeah. which is understandable. Yeah. But, you know, I think a lot of people always look at it from the other side and it's like points and points and goals and all this. And I, I when contracts were exploding in the league, one of the best uh, things I ever heard when basically they were only going to pay guys that could score. (laughs) If you were a checker, you were still going to make some money, but at the same time, not as much as the other guys' contracts were exploding. And I forget who it was that signed for big money that didn't score very much. And his argument, and the argument from the manager that signed him was, well, if you flip it around, the number of goals that he prevents – is is equal to the 30 goal scorer right. if if he can prevent 30 goals for us that's like adding a 30 goal scorer to your team right and i was like you're that absolutely correct yeah i think Just john, john madden had one of those didn't he where he may have been he won a couple of selkies and then he got a big contract and your a was making what four? Oh, i thought you were talking about the broadcaster no, john no, no. Madden. those kinds of things <laughs> he was like that john madden he just played hockey yeah. <laughs> Well, you heard it here, people. Stars Avs. Might as well just put your deposit down now for round one. Does it start here or in Dallas? That's They're one question. point They're apart. Really close. Tomorrow night's going to have a big say in that. It'll start. It'll start in Dallas. All right, I like that. Stars have so many home games in March. They're just going to throttle people at American Airlines Center. They'll end up with. They'll scare the top seed in the division. They'll end up with home ice, and they'll host the Avs games one and two second or third week of april that can be good and bad you lose game one at home boy the pressure really this is, uh, or you already up. have them losing a game at home and wow. so we're, now who we're, wins the series mike now, now we got to go into game two and then the question is hudobin or bishop i mean it's really going to be intense all right all right let's get out of here <laughs> you know what all the world's indeed a, a stage and we are merely players mike performers and portrayers each other's audience you want to finish it i don't know this one actually outside the gilded cage ah, limelight do you know what gilded means totsy it's gold it's covered in gold this has been gold Can take I- care of your chicken take care of your chicken out there people we'll talk to you next week come on man and with the look-